on November 23, 2007, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Henkel was on syndicated radio, The Michael Medved Show. Let me put it this way. 
First of all, I reject the idea that a man has to be a sugar daddy because I believe women are wonderful, intelligent human beings who may have desires and choices for their own careers and don't necessarily need a man to be their sugar daddy, and so he's got to be able to support them like they're useless and capa incapable of uh, work and do choices of their own. Uh, so the premise that I have to be this big uh, sugar daddy uh, in order to support women, I think, is an insult to women myself. And I don't know, I know you don't mean for that, but that is the premise that's normally put out there, and, and you're repeating it, and I respect that. Uh, but that's not what is necessary. I, I respect women, and I certainly make enough income uh, for the needs of my family, sure. Okay. Um, you... you uh, do you mind my asking how many, uh, what, what constitutes your family, and how many wives do you have, how many children? I certainly don't mind you asking. Uh, however, I am uh, unable to answer that simply because I have become the national polygamy advocate. That is, such publicity has puts my, uh, my family in danger. And what few people understand about the tyranny of anti-polygamy laws is not only is it anti-polygamy, but it is actually uh, anti-free speech in that many laws throughout various states, uh, for example, just the state of Maine itself has uh, the law of bigamy says that a person is guilty of bigamy if having a spouse he intentionally marries or purports to marry, knowing that he is legally ineligible to do so. So just the mere act of executing a free speech of calling uh, a non-licensed second what the government would otherwise call a girlfriend to, act, to the free speech act of identifying her as a wife would automatically itself be the crime. I see, and you can actually go to jail for that. Well, in Maine, for example, it's a Class E crime, but nevertheless, it's still something that's on the books just for the act of free speech. Now, let, let's make it very clear, because the material you sent us, you couldn't be more clear. You're glad that Warren Jeff, the Utah polygamist, uh, you're glad that he's going to jail. Correct. I could not be more clear. Yes. Why are you glad that Warren Jeffs is going to jail? Well, first of all, the case actually involved nothing about polygamy. Not at all. The girl was underage. She was 14. She was 14. Married her 19-year-old cousin, who was never married to anybody else. Polygamy. It was incest, underage, and arranged marriage. It had nothing to do with polygamy. And normal consenting adult pro-polygamists around the entire country have nothing to do with any of that. We're talking about normal, everyday individuals. And for the media to have reported Jeff as a polygamous leader was as ridiculous as, say, reporting on Jonestown and referring to Jim Jones as Christian leader. Okay. Um, what is it you want from government? Do you... Uh, l let, me, let me just uh, clarify my question for a moment here, Mr. Hankel. Do you want government to just leave you alone to mind your own business, or do you want formal governmental recognition of uh, your plural marriages of one man and uh, several wives? Do you want the government to recognize that and to back it and to sanction it, or do you just want government to leave you alone? We want government to leave us alone. We're after decriminalization, not legalization. And true, actually, we would say anti-polygamy is the real slippery slope that led to the legal invention of the, constru the legal construct of the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. That if government had recognized the Tenth Amendment never authorized government to ever be involved in redefining marriage anyway, then government was never involved in defining marriage anyway, then homosexuals never would have had the incentive to pursue that legal invention. So we believe government has no authority. I'm sorry, how can I clarify? Try it again. You're saying that, in other words, 
it, it, it sounds like you're taking a position that I may not disagree with, which is that if you want to, if you want to live behind closed doors with two women who you call your two wives, I don't think government should interfere with you. But and and that's all you want. You don't want government to come in and say we're going to give you a license and we're going to give you legal support for your two wives. If you just want to be left alone. Okay, I have the same attitude toward that that I have toward two gay guys who want to live together. Whatever you want to do. It's a privacy issue. But are you taking the position that government should sanction and promote polygamy? I'm saying government has no authority defining marriage one way or the other. There is no special rights for homosexual behavior choosing individuals, no special rights for those who choose one man, one woman, and no special rights for those who choose polygamy. Government has no authority being involved in interfering with the First Amendment freedom of assembly right to contract with any other adults consenting adults choose to contract. So you would like government to get out of the marriage business altogether? Constitutionally, it's not authorized. The Tenth Amendment is clear. No, 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 no. I mean, no one's interpreted the Tenth Amendment. The Tenth Amendment reserves the rights to the state. Or to the people. But is, is marriage in the Constitution? No. Exactly. Therefore, federal government has no authority to be defining marriage. We wouldn't have a big socialist government uh, gospel licensing and control amendment, God forbid. We wouldn't have a big federal socialist uh, government uh, baptism control licensing amendment. Then why on earth would we ever want to have government, the false god of big socialist government, abominating marriage? You're a smart guy. You know the reason that people are promoting a federal marriage amendment is not to federalize the issue of marriage. And we, I think everybody agrees it should not be a federal issue. It's to prevent courts from redefining marriage. In other words, it's a preventive amendment, the same kind of uh, way that a lot of people would like some change in the Constitution to prevent courts from inventing a right to abortion. But ultimately what it's doing is it's inventing a redefinition of marriage that, for example, is anti-Israel, because Israel had four wives, is anti-biblical, and is creating a specific redefinition. The fact is government has no authority defining marriage one way or the other, and once you go down the road letting government define doctrine one way, you've authorized it to be changed in the future for another. You just did a very slippery slide here between federal government and state government. State governments absolutely have always defined marriage and have always authorized marriage, and when the Constitution was adopted, it was well established that the individual states who adopted the Constitution were in the marriage business. So you're right, there is no federal role in terms of defining marriage, but there is very much a state role. Well, that is a... Back to this with your call. Mark Hinkle is a leading polygamy activist. He, uh, he wants to be left alone. He does not believe that government should discriminate against people with one man and multiple wives. What about one wife and multiple husbands? We'll get to that and more with Mark Henkel and your call. The MedVid Studio Lines are courtesy of BeSafe.com, the leading internet filter to protect your family.
get to that and get to callers, Mark Henkel. Is, do you, when you favor polygamous marriage, do you also favor it uh, polyandry, going the other way? Do you, do you favor uh, allowing people to live together in peace without government uh, repression of any kind if it's uh, one woman and several men? Well, I am a true conservative and an evangelical Christian. As an evangelical Christian, the Bible is clear that that is not a, uh, what you describe polyandry, is not a biblical form of marriage. But at the same time, because I'm a true conservative, I believe in limited government, and government has no authority redefining marriage one way or the other. So individuals have the right to an imagination, and certainly if people want to have uh, polyandrous contracted arrangements, that is their choice of considering else to choose to do so, even though biblically and religiously I would not necessarily agree. It doesn't matter what I uh, would agree, because it's a, it's a decriminalization issue. Let me, let me state my position, then you tell me what's wrong with it, then we'll go to our callers. My position, as I've said many, many times, regarding gay marriage would be the same as my position regarding a polyandrous or polygamous marriage or any other kinds of marriage alternatives, which is that the right position for government should be strict neutrality. As long as you're not dealing with people through compulsion, as long as you're not dealing with people who are underage, if you are two guys or two women and you want to live together, and even if you want to call it, oh, this is my life partner, this is my wife, this is my husband, fine. Just don't ask the government to be involved. Don't ask the government to support it. Don't ask the government to promote it. I would have the same uh, attitude completely, as long as there is no compulsion involved, to uh, people who are involved in other unconventional marriages by today's terms, namely one man and several w women, or one woman and several men. However, where I think you and I differ is I do believe that it is perfectly appropriate for government to promote the one sort of relationship that our experience over the last several thousand years of civilization, our experience has indicated is the best situation for raising children, which is one man and one woman. And I also believe it's appropriate for government to discourage divorce, uh, I, simply because this is a matter and again, we're talking about state government, not federal government. This is a matter where the public interest and the future generations are involved. Where would I be wrong? I would mostly agree with just about everything you were saying there, especially on the uh, keeping government out of it. I would also say, however, that you have crossed the slippery slope uh, line to liberalism that it becomes a battle of one form of liberalism versus the other, meaning one man, one woman government, big government use liberalism versus down the road, once government's allowed that liberalism, you've got homosexual behavior choosing individuals using the same thing that society is better served by having homosexual marriage promoted. I'm saying that you prevent any form of liberalism, instead of being a battle of liberal versus liberal, one man, one woman versus homosexual, you don't let government have authority either way, and that's, that protects everybody from being oppressed. I understand that argument. Here would be my argument back at you, Mark, and then we'll go to our callers. What real conservatism means is, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In other words, you don't try to remake the whole world according to what you might come up with in a college bull session or something like that. And, and the institution of marriage is so valuable, so important to our society. Your desire involves radical change, which is the total deinstitutionalization 
of marriage, getting rid of wedding licenses, getting rid of uh, would, what would you what would you do in your perfect world about uh, say a couple that has decided to live together and now they decide they don't want to live together anymore, they're getting divorced. Uh, what what would you do about uh, uh, facilitating a division of property? Say, well, certainly. We have dissolution of corporations, and we can have the same concept in contractual law for dissolution of multiple marriage. I have to disagree with you about true conservatism, and that it is not. We're not pushing a radical change. We're saying that originally, uh, people came to the new world of America to flee government controlled by the Catholic institutions enforcement of its doctrines. One man, one woman is one of its doctrines. Day after Thanksgiving. Absolutely not true. I mean, completely not true. What? People came to the New World and established churches first off. And and those churches, and by the way, there was an argument. We talked about this yesterday at the Thanksgiving table. There was an argument in the Plymouth colony, the colony that the Pilgrims founded, as to who should be in charge of marriage. Should it be the church? Should it be the minister? Should it be the magistrate? Should it be the church or should it be the local government? And they weren't identically the same. So you believe they all supported the Catholic institution? In Plymouth Plantation, in Plymouth Plantation, they decided it's the government that would be in charge of marriage. So you believe that the people came to the New World supported governments controlled by the Catholic institution? No, not the Catholic Well, no, hear me out. Hear me out. If you have to understand... The one man, one woman. You got on, do you know what the Reformation is, first of all, historically, in, in terms of Christianity? Where, where are you going with this? It's a very obvious. The people who founded American colonies, all of them except Maryland, were Protestants. And, and, and I'm talking about Protestantism. Exactly. Do you know what Protestantism is? It's the Reformation. Do you know what Reformation is? Reformation, how did Protestant come to be? Protestantism is about protesting the doctrines and governments controlled by the Catholic institution. And the, but, but they very much believed, as John Calvin did in, in Geneva, Protestants very much believed that religion played a role in government. Absolutely. Hear me out. I am simply saying they also recognize that when the doctrines are created, such as by the Catholic institution and controlled government, that was a tyranny, and that was what created the Reformation. That's why what we say we're doing, we're continuing the Reformation. You're just wrong historically. No, you not at all, sir. I'm sorry, you need to read the history of Massachusetts Bay Colony. I, 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 I believe me, I, I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts originally. I am fully aware of the history of America. I'm trying to explain to you Christian history. Understand Christian history. Very, very far afield. Do you know Christian history? Very well. Do you, well, do you understand the Reformation? Yeah, I, I don't understand your point, is what I don't understand. Well, I'm trying to get to it, sir. The, right away. Well, the Reformation is about saying government, it is about saying uh, that Christianity is not defined by the traditions of invented doctrine by the Catholic institution. And we are continuing that reformation, continuing that same process. Martin Luther himself had recognized that polygamy was not created, anti-polygamy was not in the, created in the Bible. It was a political exception that they continued to go with it. But at the end of the day, it still was... Martin Luther was pro-polygamy? I don't think so. And certainly You're certainly welcome to research the history on that. ...the elector of Saxony, as he did. And when he worked with Zwingli and when you have John Calvin, the idea that there is some kind of Protestant idea that government shouldn't authorize marriage and shouldn't support marriage. Uh, sir, you're, you're just way off base. Now, I, 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 now we're talking apples and oranges. That's not what I said. We're talking apples and oranges. We had apples and oranges. I didn't say that. Call in, uh, about the whole issue of marriage and government. Is there a proper government role? 
should government bust people like Mark Henkel, who advocate for polygamy? That and more coming up. The MedVid Studio lines are courtesy of BeSafe.com, the leading internet filter to protect your family. are courtesy of BeSafe.com, the leading internet filter to protect your family. 34 minutes after the hour on the Michael Medved Show. Uh, Mark Hinkle is not a supporter of Warren Jeffs. He is not a member of uh, one of the known polygamous cults that uh, flourish uh, in uh, backwoods towns in Arizona or Utah. Uh, he is, however, a uh, leading advocate of polygamy. He is based in Maine. And he says he is an evangelical Christian, and that he uh, bases his uh, endorsement of polygamy on the Bible. Let us go to your calls at, uh, to Joel in Seattle. You're on the Michael Medved Show. Uh, Joel, you're on. Yeah, first of all, Michael, I'm an atheist. Second of all, um, there's significant evidence from anthropology that uh, polygamy is the natural state of human evolution. Uh, that being said, the way that that works is the other four-fifths of men approximately that can't successfully compete for women either have to be uh, killed off, uh, turned into eunuchs, or made into slaves, which is basically many of the big empires in history and expansions were pretty much based upon ruling classes and acquiring wives by killing off the neighboring populations. And my question for your guest is that as polygamy becomes more common, as it de facto is in the West, what he plans on, how he plans on disposing of those males who can't compete successfully for for women that he's taken away from those males. Good question, Mark Henkel. Well, uh, at our uh, at our organization, the TruthBear.org organization, which I founded, we have always say the name of the organization again. TruthBearer.org organization. What? TruthBearer. I'm sorry. TruthBearer.org. TruthBearer. Right. Like a standard bearer about truthbearer.org. And we have uh, always been about uh, consenting adults, of course. And, in a, of course. Right, right. Well, well, the argument, I'll, I'll answer your thing. The, we have always considered the, the idea that supposedly uh, so many women will be, so many uh, men will be lost out and need to be destroyed is basically an argument of poppycock. This is modern America. The minute you de.
And so America, oh my gosh, if you have, say, one half the men who have two or three wives each, doesn't that inevitably leave over some guys who can't participate in marriage? Just because you have the freedom to, mar- to make $500 million in America doesn't mean everybody's going to. And, and certainly if you decriminalize polygamy, all women across this entire country are not going to suddenly become embracing polygamy. The women are not like that. It's not going to happen. We're talking about laissez-faire marriage economics. If you have 10 men and 10 women and nine of those men are jerks, then certainly one man, one woman oppresses the choices of nine of those women. However, in laissez-faire marriage economics, nine of those men will then smarten up and stop being the player baby daddies and start smartening up and then you will have equilibrium. I mean, if you take a look at human biology, most men fit fairly well and have evolved over the last couple thousand years to fit fairly well into monogamous uh, relationships. In fact, in northern Germany, which was pagan before the Romans came in, monogamy was strictly enforced more strictly than anywhere else in the world. There's clear evidence that that monogamy is the only way that modern uh, advanced technological society develops cannot have because because what monogamy does is it promotes it, it promotes delayed gratification okay, and okay, time gentlemen uh, uh, Joel thank you for your challenge I think the challenge is largely unanswered I'm trying to answer it let me answer it let me answer it let me answer it if there's more of it what do you do with a leftover guy? It's a real question. We'll be right back. The Michael Medved Studio is sponsored by Full Work Insurance Services. For a term life code, call 800 500 Sometimes it's great to sell... by Full Work Insurance Services. For a term life quote, call 800-500-5412. 44 minutes after the hour on the Michael Medved Show, the day after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody is enjoying Black Friday out there and uh, shopping for your family. We're talking about the nature of family and how it should be defined with uh, one of the pro-polygamy advocates in the United States. He's uh, identified with an organization called Truth Bearers. His name is Mark Henkel. He's an entrepreneur based in Maine. He says he's an evangelical Christian. Okay, Mark, let me try one more time, and I'll try to make it as clear and concise and direct as I can. Given the fact that uh, there are some guys out there who can't find women as it is, if there is an increased number of men who have multiple wives, which you would like to see, won't that mean an increased number of men who are frustrated in their desire to find even one wife? No. The question is a matter of laissez-faire economics versus socialism. And that's what I'm trying to be clear with you about. It will create equilibrium and motivate excellence. Whereas laissez-faire economics motivates excellence, any of the jerks who are not because we now have so many abandoned single moms across America, which has proved that the liberal idea of one man, one woman, of government intervention, is not working. We've got too many abandoned single moms. If we're talking about 
laissez-faire marriage economics where men have an incentive to grow up, eventually you will have equilibrium because certainly normal women across the entire country, just because you decriminalize polygamy doesn't mean every woman out there is suddenly going to be snatched up like she's a, a, a needing a sugar daddy. Women are intelligent and wonderful human beings and they're not going to suddenly act like a little communistic cult down in Utah. In Glendora, California, you're on the Michael Medved Show with Mark Henkel. Thank you very much, Michael, and let me wish you a, a belated happy Thanksgiving. Thank and it's a holiday time promoting the attitude of gratitude. Thank you so much for yesterday's history lesson on the vastly underrated contribution of the Puritans informing the unique, precious, God-based values that define this great nation. Well, thank you very, very much. And I, by the way, for people, of course, who are interested in that special broadcast, it is available on CD from Tree Farm Communications at our website or at 1-800-468-0464. Uh, thanks for your kind words, Tom. Go ahead. Sure, th sure. Thank you, Michael. And Mr. Hankel, sir, one quick comment and then a biblical challenge. The comment, to restate the hugely important point that Michael made earlier, a monogamous heterosexual marriage, one man and one woman, not a marriage of two women and one man or any other multiple combinations, has provided for thousands of years the cornerstone of decent civilization upon which every decent value has been based in that civilization. And the challenge of Mr. Henkel, I believe the biblical quote from Jesus is, quote, a man shall cling to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Not a man shall cling to five wives. It's actually from the book of Genesis, Tom. Go yeah. ahead. Not, I'm sorry. I've got, I'm getting like... How You're both right. I can tell you. But not a man shall cling to five wives and the six become one flesh. So, Mr. Henkel, it's shocking as an alleged evangelical Christian how you could say, as you did at the onset of the show, that there's nothing in the Bible against polygamy. You have to read the Bible the way it was written in its original language, not... For example, if you, used the, if you read something written in the 1890s using the word gay, it would mean something different than if you meant it in the 1990s. And the same thing is true with such words as the word adultery, and certainly in the reading of the Bible, which was written in the Hebrew and in the Greek. The verse you just mentioned is in Matthew 19, with Jesus was re-quoting Moses in Genesis 2.24. So you're both right, and certainly, Michael, you were right. It was originally in Genesis, that the two should be one flesh. The thing is, of course, is that Genesis was written by... Moses, and Moses had two wives. The Bible is clear on that. You can find that at biblicalpolygamy.com. He was married to Zipporah in Exodus 2, and he was married to the Midianite woman uh, in, the, uh, excuse me, the Cushite woman in Numbers 12. And when you go through the genealogies, they are clearly different women. Wait, wait stop. The, the general understanding of Moses, there certainly are biblical figures with multiple wives. David, Solomon, Jacob had multiple wives. Abraham had multiple wives. Right. No, it doesn't say it was after her death. That's an assumption made by looking back. No, it doesn't say after her death. You have the burden of proof that, they, that the marriage was occurred after her death. While it may have been reported, you have the... This is idiotic, Mark. This is idiotic. I am agreeing with you right. that there are biblical figures right. with multiple wives. Right. And you're just showing yourself to be a fool, you'll pardon me, by, by going into this, this really bizarre attempt to distort the actuality of the Bible. Well, and, sir, sir. Yeah, now, now here's, the, here's the point. Your, your point about Moses, 
the Cushite woman is identified as Zipporah according to all authentic biblical interpretations. But genealogically, it's impossible. Your idea that the Bible was written by Moses? No. Genesis. Sorry. Genesis. understanding of traditional Bible-believing Jews and Christians, which the Bible is provided by God. Yes. And God describes himself as a polygamist in Jeremiah 3 and in Ezekiel 23. Jesus Christ described himself in a parable, not literal, but parable, of coming to marry five wise virgins. And, if, and our sinless Lord Jesus would never use a, a parable describing himself in a story of sin if it was a sin. You, you, the, you, we, the whole New Covenant Christianity is about going from being under the law in the Old Testament to under grace in the New Testament. And certainly, you don't create a doctrine that's more legalistically restrictive in the New Testament than it ever was under the law. Okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I understand what point you're making in response to Tom. Well, what I'm simply saying is that the one flesh verse, certainly you have to go with what the author, and Moses didn't write the whole Bible, he wrote the first five books, we know that. And what I'm saying is that the author, clearly, when you use, when you study the genealogy, now you may choose to disagree, go investigate it, and that will be fine. But I've studied this deeply. When you look at the genealogy, the fact is, is that Midianites were from Abraham, which were Shemenetic. Um, this, is, this is confusing a very good point that, uh, that Tom made. When marriage is described, the first time it's described, it says that when God creates male and female, so a man shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Written by polygamous Moses. The original Hebrew is singular. Written by polygamous Moses. Woman. Written by polygamous Moses. And you got a problem there for all that you're arguing about. Written by polygamous Moses. This is very bizarre. Tom, thanks for the question. We'll be right back. The MedVid Studio lines are courtesy of BeSafe.com, the leading internet filter to protect your family. by Bulwark Insurance Services. For a term life quote, call 800-500-5412. 55 minutes after the hour on the Michael Medved Show, our guest who emphatically is not involved with Warren Jeffs and the uh, polygamists in Utah is involved with Truth Bearer Organization with uh, ProPolygamy.com with other pro-polygamy groups. He is based in Maine. He is a self-described evangelical Christian and his name is Mark Henkel. We go to Chris in Minneapolis. You're on the Michael Medved Show with Mark Henkel. Yeah, hi, Mike. Uh, I feel that your guest is making the, um, the argument for polygamy, the same argument that a lot of people make for prostitution and that it's a victimless crime. And I would say that in many cases, uh, polygamy and prostitution may be victimless, but as in prostitution, you legalize prostitution, you, you eventually have pimps that come in and keep women in servitude, and it, with legalized polygamy in America, you may end up with a situation with uh, where you have uh, modern-day Islamic societies uh, with women, with men uh, keeping women in servitude. And I'm not a feminist, but I'm saying that that would probably happen, that the women would be put down. Okay, uh, Mr. Henkel. I am not talking about a victimless argument to uh, prostitution. I'm talking, uh, we have a lot that we agree on. 
And one is that we are outraged by this wasteland of abandoned single moms and so many uh, marriage-phobic males. Our society, the big joke across America is marriage-phobic males. What we're talking about is men who grow up and care about women and are tired of this wasteland of abandoned single moms and want to provide options. And, and certainly uh, allowing the option for men to grow up and start caring about women instead of this wasteland that we now see. We're not talking about victimless. We're talking about a laissez-faire economics motivating men to grow up, and eventually you'll have equilibrium anyway. And the reason that I support uh, criminalization of prostitution, and I don't support criminalization of people's personal living arrangements, uh, whether they're gay or polygamous or whatever they are, is because with prostitution, you're talking about a commercial transaction. And it is uh, the government clearly, state governments clearly have a right to restrict commercial trans transactions, especially if you're selling something, well, like your body that can... Uh, have a very, very grievous impact on society. Hard to make the case that uh, if two people, if two women choose to live together with one man, or three women, or five women, that it is the government's business in the same sense as uh, running a brothel, for instance, would be legitimately the government's business. Uh, Mark Henkel, appreciate your engaging in the conversation next time if we discuss this. I think probably it'll be better if we don't get into the specific arguments about what the Reformation said and what the Biblical Hebrew says, because the real argument here should be, on what basis would people who want government to sanction and promote the marriage of two men not want the same thing for the marriage of one man and two women? It just does make a certain amount of sense, does it not, in this greatest nation on God's green earth? Mark? Yes. Hey, thanks. Nice job. Great job. We'll have you on sometime uh, again in the future. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate, presenting polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com.